0: Hello and welcome to Midriff, the podcast about gender, music, and music gear. I am your host, Hillary Jones. So it's been a whirlwind of a one riff a day month, and I am kind of exhausted, Uh, but I did learn a lot. And, you know, and I always do. I've done this, I think, three or four times, I think I mentioned last time. And, you know, I, I do feel like I really have been able to apply it even within one month, which is pretty great. Um, if you've never done something like this, I really do highly recommend it. Even though it is kind of crushing, <laughs> um, it's crushing in a good way. Uh, some of my friends do this thing called the RPM challenge, where you make a record in the month of February. And I feel like maybe that's like the next step. Like I feel, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, if I, I feel like that's what I was kind of hoping to do this month, and then it didn't happen. But I, I think if I just like took some weekends, could really jam it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that it would be. It would be a lot of fun. And uh, I'll remind once again that if you are looking for demo artists, rad musicians to support, the hashtag one riff a day is, uh, or hashtag one rad is a great place to start. So people are just doing some wildly impressive stuff. It's kind of bonkers. So definitely check that out. On a related note, uh, stick around after today's interview, and I will talk about my diversity in music year list. Speaking of people doing wildly impressive stuff, it's all there. So, who's the interview with today? I know you're asking. Today's guests are Natalie Morrison and Stephanie Lamond from the Revoicing the Future podcast, which is affiliated with Women of Nam. If none of those words make sense to you up until like a very recent re- rebrand, the podcast was called Swim Masters, which is affiliated with Swim or Smart Women in Music, also affiliated with NAM. So. There you go. <laughs> totally clear. I'm sure it will be very clear shortly once we talk about it here. The podcast features interviews with women in the music products industry, talking about their careers, but also their lives in general. And it's sort of an extension of the work that Women of Nam does supporting women's leadership and professional development in the industry. And they are both musicians, and they've worked in a variety of spaces in the industry. And Natalie is now at Deodario and Stephanie is at the Recording Academy. And both of them basically grew up at NAMM, and they have some very interesting insights about that and about the industry as a whole. But first, I want to thank this episode's sponsors. First up is Earthquaker Devices, who, in addition to creating rad pedals, <laughs> are sharing some of the, the following quality content, as always, uh, Wada from Boris's Top 5 Guitarist, and she also has a basically a pedalboard rundown, which is fabulous. Molly Miller's suggested afternoon settings and more cool work that they're doing with the Akron Symphony Orchestra, which recently included a performance using Earthquaker Pedal's which I can only imagine is totally mind-blowing. I'm very jealous that I did not get to attend. Um, But if you want a mind-blowing pedal experience for yourself, check out EarthquakerDevices.com. Up next, we have Stampbox Sonic. Stampbox Sonic provides musicians with an extensive tonal palette for auditory exploration. Specializing in effects pedals, they offer a curated collection of companies, large and small, some locally crafted, some assembled from around the world. Adam and Jen have been helping musicians and sound-based artists find their sound since 2009. By working collaboratively through one-on-one consultations, they do more than sell you a pedal. They ignite the creative spark to bring your music to life. They create a comfortable, judgment-free environment for all musicians where Sonic experimentation is encouraged. And I'm going to be actually heading to Stompbox Sonic today. I'll be meeting up with them. And I'm going to be doing my first in-person pedal tasting. And I'm very excited. I did a virtual one a few months back. Um, More about the actual pedal tasting I'm doing today in the next episode. It'll be great. Um, But you can also arrange for your own virtual pedal tasting if you don't live nearby or you aren't looking for a trip to New England. So I highly encourage that. Check out Stompbox Sonic Dot com for more. Last but not least, thanks to Holcomb Guitars, Nick Holcomb builds beautiful custom guitars to your specifications and has a mobile guitar repair setup too. That means that he will come to you in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, either fixing your guitar on site or picking it up and dropping it off when he's done. It's great. It's great. I just it's so convenient. Um, and <laughs> he has a setup, uh, repaired and modified many of my own instruments, almost all of them at this point, I think. And he just does really great work. Um, I feel very confident bringing my things to him. I also know that uh, he shares values with me on a bunch of topics that I care about. And I'm guessing that you probably care about as well. Uh, Also, he won't treat you like a baby. So there you go. He um, recently made a guitar for Njimili, which you should totally check out. Uh, I mentioned last time, but it is breathtakingly beautiful so check that out follow him um, at instagram at holcomb guitars or at HolcombGuitars.com. all right as always you can follow along with midriff between episodes on instagram and facebook at midriff podcast with that let's get into my interview with natalie here Welcome to Midriff. Woohoo! <laughs> Ow. Ow. Ow! We're here. We're alive. I've never felt better in my life.
1: <laughs> hey.
0: <laughs> cool. Thanks so much for joining me here. This is nice. We're so happy to be here. Yeah. 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 We're going <laughs> to we're going to get all your uh, important information. You're going to tell all your tales. <laughs> our secrets spin some yarn all of your secrets yeah people were wondering they are like I've you know heard them asking questions what happens when you turn it around <laughs> these gals got secrets <laughs> secrets do they really want
1: to hear us on
2: the
0: other side I don't know <laughs> well you know what we're going to find out They're about to they anyway want... yep that's right <laughs> buckle up everyone we're in for a ride Get rid <laughs> All right, so for folks that somehow, you know, maybe might not be familiar with you, can you introduce yourselves, your names, your pronouns, and a little bit about yourselves and your background with music? Whoever wants to start.
1: Sure, I'll go first. <laughs> Who um, are you? My name is Natalie Morrison. By day, I am the brand communication strategist at Diderio. I'm based in New York City. And by night, I am the co host, co producer of the podcast Revoicing the Future, a woman of Nam podcast, formerly known as Swim Masters. <laughs> I
0: like that you're going to have to keep saying that for a while. It's going to like take a minute. You're going to like, you're going to get really fast at it, though. Oh, you no, just no, no, change no. the name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. For sure. Also, speaking wise, I realized that the number of different ways that I've said Diodario, didario you said it very fast.
1: It's D'Addario. Say it again. D'Addario. didario Yeah. I'm inspired from music. I don't think I knew is... that until you started working there, Natalie, to be yeah. completely honest. Well, here's, here's the little hack that we have. Hi ho, Dadario.
0: Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, right, everyone I will listening. never forget that. Say it
2: out loud. Now you know. Yeah. And you'll never it's, forget it. Wow. It,
1: it's so funny, too, because we've posted like on Twitter with like a little thing that says Dadario the way that uh-huh. it's supposed to be pronounced. And people on Twitter still question us. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you, you don't know how to say it. I'm like, Come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're the source. (laughs) I do like that I've been saying it incorrectly for a solid 25 years. Um, (laughs) Why mess with success, really? (laughs) Um, All right. Why break a good thing? (laughs) Um,
2: Cool. And I am Stephanie Lamond, mostly Steph. I... Produce the podcast with Natalie, Revoice in the Future, formerly known as Swim Masters, part of Smart Women <laughs> Music, now Women of Nam. And other than that, I do other podcast production work, and I'm a recording artist. I put out my first album on Friday. No um, way! It'll be out, actually, by the time anybody listens to this. So check it out, Lucky Lamont. But other than that, and then, yeah, and then by day, I work for the Recording Academy, our San Francisco chapter. But in this capacity, I'm here as creative producer and uh, freelance everything, so... <laughs> I do a lot I do a lot um, and I started working for Nam on the PR team with Natalie years and years ago and just like on the for the show and that is how we got connected and that's
0: kind of the background here we are here we are that was great <laughs> so can you both uh, I want I would love for you both to address your kind of like little a little bit about how you kind of got into music in the first place just real real brief sees, if you can
1: do you have a while?
0: She said, <laughs> uh, "Brief, man."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Challenge is on.
0: I know. I'm. I'm ready. I. You know. I'm gonna. I. I am buckled. I, I. I did say I would buckle in. So here we are. Uh... <laughs> you know, I've told no. this so many times, so I've pretty. I've
1: gotten it down pretty brief and to the point. Yeah. So I grew up in a very musical household. Both my parents are musicians, and my mom is a music teacher. My dad is in the industry. And my brother and I were never forced into pursuing music, but we both just fell in love with it. And I grew up as uh, I started on piano and then I moved to the violin and then I changed to the viola. And I also play the guitar and I sing a little bit on the side, but I always knew I just wanted to work on the business side of the industry. I love Mm -hmm. promoting and just shouting out all of my friends who are artists and musicians and all that stuff. So I went to school for marketing communications at Ithaca. I minored in music, and I started interning for any music industry company that would bring me on. <laughs> for example... For example, oh, well, I've interned for Little Kids Rock, I interned for Alfred Music, and then after I mm-hmm. graduated, I actually interned for Diderio and was brought on as a freelancer, and then now I'm a full-time
0: employee. Four years strong. They were, <laughs> like, can, they were like, can oh. you pronounce it? Because if you can, <laughs> then you're on. Exactly. And and, and and you were adding Nam. You said? Oh, yes. And of course, yes. Nam. Yes. And Nam. Yes. Yes. Cool.
1: Yeah. And how old were you when you started playing? I mean, I I took piano lessons when I was 5. Yeah, okay. And then Got it, got it. When you do like the 4th grade like, let's pick an instrument. Like I grew up in a household of percussionists and yeah. I'm the only one who picked a string instrument. No one in my family played a string instrument. So, I don't know how that happened. They were like, <laughs> "Thank God, God, we <laughs> needed someone to do the melody." I know. <laughs> <laughs> so then yeah i started playing the violin in fourth grade and i continued it all the way through college i don't play this m- as much on the viola anymore i pull it out every christmas for a little christmas mm. eve gig at a local church nearby oh. so are you yeah.
0: are you do you perform as well otherwise or do you have like a do you do soul stuff or as a group or anything like that or
1: no unfortunately i don't i kick myself a lot for that but i i this is a judgment freeze. i know it is. But it's much like Planet Fitness. I have to say <laughs>
2: <laughs> She has an incredible voice though. There's some cover videos you've done before and uh, you just yeah. she send them to me. But that you, you sing <laughs> fabulously.
1: I'm like your closeted bedroom musician where I just sit and I like play what comes to my soul. And so you've I really been it.
0: thriving during the pandemic. <laughs> oh, antography.
1: I'm thriving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is my time. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but every so often you'll see me on a stage. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. It's
2: Steph. Yay. Um, I got into music. Similarly, I musical household. My dad um, has worked in the industry forever. And so I grew up. We always had a piano, and I started on piano when I was around like five. And it—I feel like it just—I don't remember a time that I wasn't either banging on it or like singing to myself or doing something. I feel like music is just how I've interacted with the world since yeah. I was born. Which I feel. You so both lucky. are
0: like—I have a six-year-old. I'm like, boy, we got to get going on these <laughs> piano lessons. <laughs>
2: there you go. Or just anything. Well, I, so I, I worked yeah, a yeah, yeah. child
0: in music education for a while. Anything yes. they're doing is fun at that point. Before yes. the age of seven, Thank you're you.
2: already great. Um, Right. And Their brains are molding <laughs> fabulously. So anyway, yes. yeah. So always did that. And then was always lucky enough to be around it because my dad was working in the industry. And for NAM, most of that, most of that experience. So grew up going to the show. I just knew I loved music people, but had a very also like singular lens of it though. I was in a very you know niche part of it always. And yeah, I just, I haven't ever imagined doing anything else which is interesting at this point. I'm like, Oh, what else What do I even want to do? Cause like, I don't know, maybe I'd want to run a brewery. <laughs> maybe I'd want to like be a writer. I don't know, but yeah, but I just love music is amazing. So yeah. And then I, so I just always was around it in college. I majored not in it because I was like, eh, I'm afraid to go to LA and be a composer, which is what I really wanted to do. So
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I majored in psych and then ended up doing music brain, early childhood stuff by the end of that, then start working in a nonprofit mm-hmm. music school, post-grad Ran the early childhood program for a while, which was wonderful. And then also their marketing because it was small. Loved communications, project managing, doing like their events and galas. And that brought me more into this realm of like managing podcasts. And now I do like events by day for the Recording Academy as well. And then the whole time just was writing and making my own music and trying to do that more. And as, as, since this is my first, I'm finally getting better at balancing the day job with making my own music and, um, and it's been fun, but yeah, that's kind of cool. It's so
1: funny. Oh, sorry. It's so funny because when people both ask us, like, if you didn't have music, what would you do? There is like no plan B. Like it was always, plan. (laughs) it's like plan A, B, C, D, E. It's like, what is your plan A, B, C, D, E in
2: music? That's that's how my right. brain works. And yeah. so like that's and it's interesting though because it there's so many layers to what you know our industry has limitations. And so it's, it's interesting in thinking of like, now I'm at a point where I'm like, well, okay, what's, what's coming up? Like, what's, what's the career path? It's like, oh my God, which yeah. is both freeing and wonderful. There aren't really any solid watchable career trajectories. So it's freeing that we make our own. And yet it's terrifying yep. because it's not <laughs> as linear as like, I like my husband works for into it. He will work his way up the design ladder and maybe right, be a creative right, director. Right, right. Like. Cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
2: I don't know. It's awesome, but it's so nebulous. So and it's so
0: nebulous. Awesome and not but. Wow. And awesome and nebulous. <laughs> you should get cards that say that. Awesome and nebulous. Yeah. That's <laughs> very nice. I like it. <laughs> so as far as like your own, well, so I have two questions. I feel like this is going to go back and forth a little bit between like your work stuff and the you know the work that you're doing with the podcast. And then also like your own experience as a musician. So what is, what's your gear situation? Mm -hmm. I feel, I want to make that a portmanteau, but it doesn't work. (laughs) Like (laughs) gear-tuation, it doesn't work. Gear-tuation.
2: It works. Nellie, you want to? Thank you. I feel like we're just rolling with you. Or do you want me to go first and stuff? You go first. Switch it up. Okay. My gear situation is very hodgepodgey and DIY right now. I recorded my whole album at home so it's been just kind of an amalgam of like i was lucky i had a really great mentor when I, that i was assisting in a studio before this mm. so he just kind of when the pandemic happened and i had been starting to inter- record there he just we were on a zoom one day and he was like you need to buy these four things and it was like the monitors <laughs> my mic that i loved at the studio a preamp and uh i don't remember what the fourth thing was cables and so, and then it all just, and I, you know, put it all on credit <laughs> card. And so I have my, my, oh, my warm audio two fifty seven I think is my mm. soul mic. That was, that was the, that's my lifetime mic, hopefully, because it wow. wasn't fully cheap, but it likes my voice. I yep. love it very much. Um, and, and then I have my, my same rolling keyboard I've had since I was, I think probably 14 or 15. Um, and that thing is not easy to carry around because I've gotten a lot lighter <laughs> in the last, probably few years, but. Mm-hmm. I do it anyway when I gig because it hasn't, it still works. Like, I don't have a reason to get a new one other than it's so heavy. Ugh. And I have the same acoustic guitar at Yamaha that I got when I was in eighth grade. And I'm now trying to find an electric acoustic. Maybe it has any recommendations for ones they love, but mm. I've been gigging a lot more. So I want yeah. that. And a little Kala ukulele and a cheap little Cute. tin whistle that I got in Ireland. Ooh, But that's like the, yeah, it was just essentially like, I I didn't know enough to shop around myself. So I just let my old boss tell me what to get. And thus far, it's been great. So,
0: and for recording, like, what's your DAW? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes.
2: So mostly, yeah, I don't do as much electronic. It's mostly like I do like folky Americana singer songwriter kind of stuff yeah. so logic's been logic's been great and i wanted to know pro tools i tried did you say it's
0: been logical
2: it has been quite for me it's been yeah. fabulously logical and i know that yeah. if i'd worked harder <laughs> at it i could have mastered pro tools but <laughs> thus far it did not and but I, and then i left the studio mostly and i've been doing freelance stuff so like i got to pick my dog yeah. so i like logic yeah. you choose your own adventure there you go exactly. no one can tell you what to do nope and reaper was fun i was using actually reaper in the studio my boss really liked that a lot shout out trent berry wonderful dude dream rack and San Francisco, but
0: yeah, yeah, that's like the short, long, and short of my gear setup right now. Nice, cool, cool. That's good, fabulous. I the warm mics. I don't know a lot about them, but when I've seen them, I'm like, that's cool. That's mm, <laughs> so nice. Good things. It's, so. Well, and it's I'll a rebuild it yeah. of I think an old
2: Neumann, perhaps. It's like a, it's in okay. It's in. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be like a more like modern, more affordable copy of one of those really iconic ones, and it's it's really nice for like my boss called it like the pop mic or the Taylor Swift mic. It's like if your voice is in like that, I have like kind of Range. a alto voice, but it's not, mm. it's not, I'm not fully soprano, not fully bass. And so it hits that yeah. middle really, really nice, but it also hits my guitar yeah, yeah. really well. So I've been able to do everything with it. And my ukulele That's too. Nice. It's really tight. That's real it's nice. really nice. nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At a nice mic price point, if I can record everything I usually need to with it. Piano, though, that's where I haven't mastered that, recording mm. my parents' piano at home.
0: That seems like a whole other situation. It is. Though. I need, like, yeah. five condensers. Condenser mics. Yeah, I don't know. I There's, like, don't... a phase thing. I'm... It's yeah. scary. I don't know. That yeah. I think I'll just yeah. pay someone
2: to do well for me. Like, actually, <laughs> like, that's the thing that I know my limitation. I know I just need to go to a studio and have someone that really knows how to mic a piano well do it for me. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oof. All right, well. <laughs> It's, you know what knowing it knowing our limitations it's good to know sometimes it's so you know fun what? to talk about yeah. that stuff I don't often like debrief
2: about I don't know that I've ever actually talked about my gear setup before and I loved that
0: well you know what I'm here for you amazing I'm here for you this I'll is
1: why this is why I had her go first because she has more of a legitimate gear setup than I will ever have in my life
0: there's no such thing as legitimate true phases we've had conversations on the podcast about like all kinds of different things being gear like is you know is is your body gear oh, because wow. you're singing? like i love that right like it can it can be used very liberally are your clothes gear if your gear is like causing if it changes the way that you perform and the way that you you know you write like oh, oh. my god that's you amazing i that's feel a, like
2: i do I need, need to beautiful... add my sound blanket to that then too i like hole-punched a a blanket, a moving blanket, and, like, rigged it up on my husband's photography backdrop, and so I can just swing it apart like a curtain, and, like, there we go. Honorable mention for the DIY things we do at home. I graduated from the actual closet and was able to make a
0: little mini sound booth, (laughs) so it's fun. (laughs) I like it. It was like the Academy of the Closet. It really is. It is. It's a rite of passage. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. It's good. Uh, they, they gave you a nice certificate as you left.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Just like <laughs> something hits you in the face
0: as you're trying to get out. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> All right. Natalie. Well, I'm going to go into my
1: instruments because my instruments are my ba- my babies essentially. But yes. for mics, I use the AKG Lyra. Shout out to Becky yep. Barabas over at Harmon. Mm-hmm. Me too. Plus one. it's beautiful... The beautiful microphone that I love so much. They are very nice. My Audio Technica white headphones because I love white everything, (laughs) they're really nice.
0: They're eye-catching and you won't lose them because I feel like exactly. that's what happens with headphones sometimes. Well, Well, yeah.
2: they're great. Mm-hmm. Not to interrupt you again, but those are great and I have them in black. <laughs> so, I have to say that oh, they're like, the same. we both oh. have this and they're fan- they're fantastic. So, very nice.
1: I go very to nice. Stephanie for all my gear questions. What do I buy? So, continue. My pride and joy is my I don't think you can see it, but no one's going to see it anyway, is my Martin (laughs) Streetmaster that I bought last year for myself.
0: Wait, wait, what is that? I don't know what that is. It's
1: like a, one of their acoustic, I mean, they're all acoustic guitars, but one of their beautiful acoustic guitars. And it's been a dream of mine to own a Martin. And I saw this one at the NAMM show in 2018. I looked at it and I said, I'm going to buy you. And I did.
2: (laughs) It's true, like, is it like meant to be like a busking kind of vibe? Like, is that yeah. the energy there? I love that.
1: Yeah. It doesn't have like a, it doesn't have a plug so that you could do like electro acoustic kind of transition. Like it is strictly fully an acoustic guitar.
0: Oh yeah. But it has. I actually snorted when you said that because I was laughing because I visualized it looking back at you with like these loving eyes at the same time. <laughs>
1: Her name's Delilah. I I, oh, I love Delilah. her so much, and oh. she has this like beautiful mahogany distressed look. It's like the woodwork and the just the architecture of the whole guitar is absolutely stunning. And then I use right now on my guitar, I have the I have Diderio XS acoustic strings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So check those out. Shameless plug. And yes. then my viola is this it's this really cool story actually my viola is was built by a luthier who actually worked down the street from my house growing up oh. and he, oh, wow. what he would do is he would bring like string instruments from like china and he would like hmm. deconstruct them and like reconstruct them and they and my viola is also my baby she's stunning and just the work the woodwork and everything i it's just something to admire all the time. So,
0: fascinating. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah, totally. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so we talked about gear. Uh we talked about you getting into music. I want to talk a little bit about your podcast which was formerly called Swim Masters for Smart Women in Music, which is a what the program of nam or was a program of nam i'll let you explain what it is now uh <laughs> and now it's called revoicing the future is the name of the podcast now so can you talk a little bit about the podcast and then like your connection to nam through that
1: sure so in 2018 the organization smart women in music now known as women of nam was established as a fund under the NAM Foundation, so we would raise money to basically come up with various programming to help women in the music products industry with professional development and leadership opportunities. And now, with the tri- now the organization has transitioned to be known as Women of NAM, and it has moved from underneath the NAM Foundation umbrella to. The NAM umbrella as a membership benefit. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the NAM show and, like, you will see that women of NAM will have events and a table or something in the member center. So we just, the transition happened to provide even more opportunities for women in the industry. And it's just taking that next step for women as a whole. Just really exciting. So when the transition started happening, we came up with the podcast in 2020, we decided that we wanted, we were talking a lot for like several months before all of, of, all of this happened, if I can speak (laughs) (laughs) to kind of revision, revisualize what we wanted for the future of the podcast, because we started Mm -hmm. it in a closet in our bedrooms in the middle of the <laughs> pandemic. And and
0: then you graduated, you got your certificate, and then... Yeah, exactly. Yep. And here, we and are.
1: here we are. So with that came a name change. And now we have Revoicing the Future. It's the same exact podcast. It's just focused, and it's still focused, bringing conversations of female-identifying leaders into the industry and hearing from their experiences and... Just providing more ways for us to grow together and encourage more people to join our industry. And we're tapping into like all the subsets that you can find to show people that there's so much at your fingertips. That's the mm-hmm. best way for me to describe it. I hope I explained that. No, well. that was perfect. <laughs> and, I, and to, like, elaborate
2: on that name a little bit, too, just to show, shout out Julia because we hemmed and hawed over what it would be. Because beforehand, I feel like the name meaning of it really encapsulates, like, what the mission is going forward and what it has been. But it helps helped us focus a lot because before we had that SWIM acronym that we were kind of beholden to. Mm-hmm. And so it was what it was. And And now with this, we really had a totally free – Free blank slate to be like, what is it going to be? And Julia came up with the concept of when you revoice a chord, it's taking the chord structure and then, but changing which ones you play in which order. And so mm-hmm. we loved that concept because. In, a, in essence, like the music industry and the product side specifically has functioned in such a way that we've heard certain voices throughout. And so we are quite literally revoicing what we hear by uplifting the different voices that have always been there, but just at different levels of the core, different levels of the industry and making it so that they are a lot more front and center and you hear everything differently in that way. So we thought that was a really, really freaking mm. beautiful way to, <laughs> um, to kind of like, that's cool. Illustrate what that, what, what the whole point is that we're doing this for, you know, so yeah, moving forward, it'll be more of that, but it really helped to be able to kind of in, in metaphor form, illustrate the need for this and why, why we wanted to
0: do it. Yeah. 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 That's cool. <laughs> I like that. I like that revoicing. I guess I hadn't thought about that when I first, I mean, you ju- literally, this all just happened like this week, right? Like the yeah. the, <laughs> it's like, all yesterday. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <yeah>. I like <laughs> one fell swoop. Woo. Yeah. So, so I mean, Hearing the, the reasoning between behind that name makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. Yeah. So for folks who maybe haven't heard the podcast before, what would they expect if they tuned in, if they checked it out?
1: Oh, well, you can hear Stephanie and I gab every so often yeah, <laughs> <laughs> about going zones
2: and stuff but it's if it, they're all com- mm. if they're and they're mostly interviews led by Natalie I hop in when I can or when I think there's not going to be too many cooks in the kitchen if I join it's mostly Natalie's mm-hmm. Natalie's show but we it's conversations and with women about their experiences thus far, their career paths, anything they've learned thus far, and just kind of like hoping to try to have those conversations that they might not get to have a lot of other places. Like I just said, it's so fun to talk about gear, like be able to talk with other, (laughs) you know, Mm like-minded people that you might feel community with about your experience in the industry. Exactly. And then have people listen to that and be like, oh, someone does that job. I could do that job. Like as we talk about playing A, B, C, and D in music, like sometimes we don't even know what's out there. So uplifting that and then being like, oh, someone that sounds like me. Could do that job. Okay, cool, and yep. that's yeah. It's simple, yeah. but it, I think hopefully it, it's helpful, right? The the issue of representation, like every little bit, I feel like matters, even how small. So, little so bit.
0: obviously, obviously, you all are passionate about this topic. So, what led you to feel like you wanted to do the podcast in the first place?
1: I'll take this one. <laughs> I <had> to, <laughs> literally, as we're speaking. I'm pretty sure, like, as we're speaking, two years ago to the day... Oh, yeah. I was... Everyone was getting very wiggly about this whole COVID-19 thing. and
0: <laughs> I like the idea of wiggly. <laughs> that feels very right at this point. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Everyone was just, like,
0: not sure what was going to mm-hmm. happen.
1: And at the time... At the time, I'm going to keep... I'm referring to it as woman of Nam, but... A lot of the programming was focused on in person networking. And I had this interest and urge to want to have a podcast, but I didn't know what topic I could bring (laughs) to the table that would (laughs) warrant people wanting to listen to me talk. So (laughs) continuing the conversation (laughs) in some way. Yeah. (laughs) But what conversation? (laughs) and i i texted stephanie and i was like what if there was a podcast like that's under women of nam that helps like amplify these different conversations and gives people a a chance inside their homes to hear from other women in the industry whenever they want and she was like absolutely if you need help i'm in (laughs) 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 and And look at
0: you now and we i was thinking
1: this made me think as we've been talking about this
2: we i feel like so we're both in our late 20s and we have emerged (laughs) on our career paths in music at a time that i feel like it was very actually in line with when a lot of these organizations that we see now are forming and so we or or had already been formed for a year handful of years it's been kind of growing as we Mm -hmm. have grown in the industry so having formerly swim now women of Nam start a few years ago, we were still like very much fighting our footing in the industry. And so it was very chronological. And so we've been thinking of what I think this whole time, and I'll, I'll speak for you, Natalie, because I think feel the same way, noticing what we wish there might be in these organizations as they've grown and worked out the kinks. And so mm-hmm. we have just been lucky that we're very connected to this organization to be able to, you know, that we, and also it was a pandemic, so it was also a little bit of a free-for-all that they were like, sure, right. Natalie, we trust you. and like, <laughs> have at it. Like, And, and it, I like to think hopefully we made a good thing. So we've been able to continue it, you know, with the blessing of, of NAM as a whole now. But um, it was, it's really just been us cataloging, I think, what we think would have been helpful as we had started our own. And, but we are still very much in the beginning. So it's interesting that it is kind of real time thinking of what do I want now? What do I think these gals and women identifying people that are like four years younger than me that are now just out of college five years. Like, what do I think they really need? Mm -hmm. So we've been able to be fast with that.
1: It's so funny too, because as Steph men- mentioned I literally sent an email to the founders DD Dee Dee, Robin and Crystal and I was like this is yeah. an idea I have what do you think and you don't have to do any of the work and they all- <laughs> And they were like sure <laughs> So cool. here we are 2 yeah. years later here we are <laughs> 2 That's years later great. and we're still we I have yet to see a lot of industry people in person Yeah. I never thought I would say that two years later. But here we are. (laughs) That's wild.
0: I'm assuming both of you will be at NAM in person this year. Is that accurate?
1: Okay. I assumed as much,
0: but yes. Okay. Cool.
1: (laughs) And there might be something special happening at the NAM show. That
0: was my question. Uh Mm. Well, well, I'm on the edge of my seat, except I'm standing.
1: (laughs) Toes up on your toes. Yes, that's right. Well, uh, I can tell you. I can I can tell you because yes. I don't yes, know when not, this is okay. going to go on. <laughs>
0: it's
1: not a it's not a secret. I just wanted to keep people okay. like interested and in wanting. to I keep like listening the, to like I us. like
0: that you know get, your PR brain is on. I saying? can tell. Uh. <laughs> so, um, okay. women of Nam will have
1: a reception at six p.m. at Friday uh, at Friday on Friday, June third. At the pool at the Weston Hotel in Anaheim. Ooh. So come one, Ooh, come all. Pool. Come network, meet with us and exciting times and whatever. And <laughs> the date is still to be the date and time is still to, still to be determined, but we are planning a live podcast of Revoicing the Future Ooh. at the NAM show. It will be on nice. the, the Harmon
2: Truck in which will now be in Hall B, I believe. And yeah, it's gonna be a really cool setup Yeah, have. They're gonna be a lot of live events, but we will be one of them. Woo! So it's Alrighty. gonna be everybody's very fun. gonna be
0: alive. It's gonna be everybody just you know it's a very full circle together. moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Cool, yeah. cool. So yeah, so lots of opportunities to interact if, if you are at NAM. I my question is, and so I had Only first attended Nam in 2019 after wanting to go for a very long time, but like it just never worked. I could never like schedule wise. It just didn't work out for me with my with the rock camp stuff. And it was interesting because I feel like there's this like for a long time, there'd been this lore of like the booth girls and all of this (laughs) stuff. And there was some of that, but it wasn't as bad as I expected. Like, obviously, you know, like you. Always hope that representation is going to be better anywhere you go. But can you speak at all about like what that? Tra- Obviously, you're, you are you both are much younger than I am, but you've also <laughs> been to NAM or have been part of it for a long time. So I wonder if you have thoughts around like what what changes are happening um, and how that's working out. Totally. Do you want to for roll people who you might be like start, I've man. heard that too, <laughs> and I don't trust it or whatever. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I, who wants to take it? <laughs>
2: Maybe
0: I'll I can don't, start.
2: No, but that because it's so true. And and so what I think about this is a good way to articulate this is that NAM as the show in Anaheim specifically too becomes a microcosm of the macro of the industry as a whole. And so it is kind of that Petri dish of being able to see yeah. where everybody's heads are at. And so as the industry evolves in a way, so does Nam, because they can have a lot of control, but it mm-hmm. is so huge that you also there's a limit to what you can control. And so I think growing up going to it. I don't even remember how old I was when I first went, but it was very interesting to be around. I think, I don't know what that did to me, but being around that
1: whole <laughs>
2: environment from probably like in utero till now, I think it's, yeah. I think it's made me, I, I've talked about this too with my boss at the Recording Academy sometimes, because she's been going for a long time. And um, I think it gave me a really thick skin. Like I learned how to mm. rebuff advances when I was much too young to have been rebuffing mm-hmm. advances and like how to yeah. not say I'm sorry when someone, you know, says something weird. So you, I think it, one way it taught me really easily how to, not easily, but I guess in a very like simple defined environment, how to survive in mm-hmm. this industry as a woman and with all the privilege that I carry in that and the way that I was walking throughout the NAM show too. Right. And like my dad is, yeah. works at NAM at a pretty good level. And so that I was very, I was around safe people for the most part, you know? So I think yeah. while my experiences were small, I think it still did really give me that thick skin. And so, but it has evolved so much in the way that like, it's interesting because being on the show floor and then having that access to the upper levels of NAM, like I have never, uh, Natalie and I have talked about this, there's always been tons of women in the executive roles in NAMM. And, and so I've mm-hmm. never had a shortage of, female leaders to look up to in the NAM organization as I've grown up around it. But seeing that yeah. translate to the show floor has been where the dissonance is a little bit. And as we say, what they can control. Right. And so I think and what we hear from people over the years of like and I know it, it breaks heart of everybody who plans NAM that like people don't feel like they if they walk up to like an audio booth, they don't feel like they're listened to like they're just like another You know, oh, they just looked as like a gal coming up to Mm -hmm. and not a gal that like is an engineer and knows her stuff. So part of what we're so excited that this can kind of help usher into is like, although I think it is getting a lot better. And I think when people have like like I was able to like have that be able to kind of fight your way through it a little bit. This yeah. is kind of giving it away for people that have not had that opportunity, that same access to have a safe place to buddy up and to go somewhere to find new people to walk around with, like to know you have a safe place, no matter what the rest of the industry is doing at that time on the floor, no matter what they can do, knowing that you have a place to go in NAM, and to find people that will kind of like. That, that are on your same wavelength and, and that look like you, that, that create like you, that think like you. I think that's going to be really huge because it's been this way, but I think part of what we're wanting to do with this is make it a lot more visible and literally mm-hmm. be a table you can go up to if you're like, oh, I want to, I don't know what I should do. I'm wildly overwhelmed <laughs> and be like, oh, so here's this friend <laughs> that you now made that you should create with. Like, what are you into? Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, and so I think it's, it's a huge, huge thing because it is such an embodiment of the industry for better and for yeah. worse, always. And so, yeah. um, watching the industry change and watching Nam change in that is just, it's always wild ride. So, this is what we can control out of that, right? Is have, have a council like this.
1: Yep. Yeah. Did you want anything, Natalie? Stuff set up perfectly. <laughs> it, <there's laughs> it's true, though. Like, for me, when I got out of college, I've like, also been very fortunate to be surrounded by some very influential female leaders in the industry, and I'm very grateful Mm -hmm. for that. But I was actively seeking them out because Mm -hmm. I wanted to, I was looking to the future and I wanted to see what my potential could be. So if I could see a woman in a leadership role and uh, then I could envision myself being like, that could be me one day. And if you don't have that, if you don't have that at your fingertips, it becomes a little discouraging. Like how am I supposed to get my foot in the door if there's no one else who looks like me who already did it, who already yep. carved that pathway for me. So I think organizations like Women of Nam are just really important to nurture and be a, a support for women who want to be in this industry and are looking for those professional development opportunities to grow themselves yep. personally and professionally because there's nothing like a group of women supporting each other. Just going to say that.
0: <laughs> so real. And yeah. To, yeah, well, yeah. 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 It, it, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but Thank I was you. just going to say that it does that directly answers I uh, kind of my next question, which is sort of like, as you know, one of the pushbacks I hear from folks sometimes is like, well, if we separate and have this like separate group for women or for, you know, whatever the identity might be, it's really just like making people more unequal as someone who ran a rock camp for a long time. I'm very familiar with that argument, but what's your, what's your, how would you, you know, counter that?
2: Yeah. I, with, with just that, that it, it is, it's able having a council like this at the smallest form, which is exciting that why it is now not even the smallest form. I don't know why that was relevant, but um, that it is now a a council under the NAM umbrella that NAM has this new structure where councils will be able to be created, dismantled as need be. And right now it's recognizing that there is a need for a council to help more women join the industry and to strengthen and foster connection between the ones that are already in it and help them advance to higher levels. So it's like that, it's like that equity equality debate, like the pendulum needs to swing a little farther sometimes Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. you need a little more help in one area. And so something, an organization like this is helpful just to literally address a need that is right now. And then maybe the one day, like uh, Natalie's going to say it better than me in a moment. I know she's got a great way of expressing this, but like maybe one day we won't need it and that'll be great. And we'll all be stoked and we'll have, you know, women have, will have permeated yeah. every level of the recording. At, well, not the music products industry. And, and maybe we won't need it anymore, but for now we need it. So we yep. got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Natalie,
1: please chime in with your much better, you know, no, it, I mean, it doesn't all, it also, this doesn't apply just to the music industry. This applies yeah. like yeah. in life in general and in all other aspects of like, I'm gonna, that's it, opening a whole other can of worms, but it's not limited to the music industry. And not at all. Yeah. I think uh, my hope is that we don't have to have these conversations anymore. I want to be yeah. able to walk into a room and not, count how many women are at the table or count how diverse a board is or, you Mm -hmm, know, I -hmm. want to be able to just exist with people equally, no matter your gender, your race, your sexuality, everyone's welcome. Everyone brings something really unique to the table. And I think it's important that we recognize that and let them shine. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah, I think that that hits it real well. I mean, I think that's the point, right? Like the idea is that everyone should be able to be integrated and feel like they're supported in all these spaces. And until that happens, <laughs> you have to have a place that is separate where people feel like they can sort of like, you know, hone their strength, get what they need to go out into that world with like a protective barrier of the support that they've had in that group. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's also and like
2: so. Solo- oh, sorry finish your thought I'll no go me. ahead go ahead I think too something that I find so fascinating in that is that we and and then how do we reintegrate that right when it's like right. people talk like the post-racial lens and stuff like without erasing the real beauty in a lot of these like there's so much beauty in women communing together and figure out like and talking about this so like I feel like it's also training our brains to be okay with the fact that like these spaces should always exist because like having this connection with like your culture, with your sex, your your everything is so beautiful and cool and we want to preserve that and just mm-hmm. make it that there's no barrier to embodying what you embody. And so I think part of that is is that we should never stop having these conversations and trying to, trying to express to people why it's important to have these spaces because I think they should always continue or we just have very flat art. Like people wouldn't be like unique, right? It's a part of the uniqueness of humanity and like different, you know, cultures and and everything. So I think it's a really long game thing. And the, the short answer is just that like, and we're not there yet. So yep. we need yep. it
0: now. Yeah. Well, I also think there's a thing where people are like, Well, I'm not invited, so there must be something yeah. secret going on. Yes. Uh, and it's Yeah, I don't know. It's like <laughs> I'm rolling my it's eyes. It's not about yeah. It's not about people it yeah, people need their own support sometimes and that doesn't have to do with you. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you they don't like you. It just means that there's a different, you know. People need to support for different identities, and that's fine. Yep. All right. So, I'm scooting on. So, so, scoot, scoot. In the, in the, yeah. Thank you. In the <laughs> interviews that you have had, and the conversations you've had, like what are some of the themes that you've heard from folks like your guests' experiences? Oh, my
1: gosh. I'm going to jump in, Steph. Please. At the very beginning, I interviewed who is no longer with us today because she passed away Kit Culpepper. She used to work at Martin Guitar. I had that interview with her after a very long day at work, and and I was like, I have this podcast to record, like, whatnot. She had such a positive outlook on life, and just—I I left that conversation feeling like I had, like, a fire lit under me, like, ready to take on mm. the world. Like, she was mm-hmm. so—I can't even think of the word— she just truly fearless and inspiring about how you have to take care of yourself and you matter and you have to put the work in and that's going to help you grow. If you don't invest in yourself and you can't really go as far as you really want to. And that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And I still think back to that conversation a lot.
0: So do you think as far as like in the, in the way that it gives you permission to take the time to invest in yourself sort of, is that what you're taking? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just knowing Mm -hmm. that like, I I can hear, I can hear her voice as I, like, she was like, you Natalie, me, Kit, like you matter. (laughs) Like I just, Wow. It just, it just like sits in my brain, like all the time. And I think that's really yeah. important. And it's validating for us to know that like, we have to put ourselves first. We have to take the time. Mm. Our mm. careers, like, yes, we have careers. They're important, but it's also like, what's in your heart too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think to piggyback on that, I think the most beautiful thing that I've found about through listening to all these is how, when you talk to a bunch of women about their career paths, how holistic- we tend to get in the conversation. So it's more about the life that you're living. And like, there's yeah. also a, like, you know, overflowing with actual business career advice, like stories sure, of failure sure. and success and stuff. But what I've, I've valued so much about it is the those conversations like that, like about, trying to counsel the emerging generation coming in to be like, you need to make sure you have work-life balance. And this is how, Mm -hmm. like, I'm mentoring a gal through Grammy right now. And we're training each other how to say no to things in our mentorship. Like, because (laughs) Uh if I can help her do that now, like midway through college, oh my God, oh my God, it's going to be great. Like uh, just things coming up that you don't have the time for being able to gracefully say no. Like those conversations, I think are a really beautiful part of that centric there because there is so much that we I feel like inherently in the female experience think about in our working lives like there's like let alone like motherhood some of the ones where people talk yeah. about being working mothers that's yeah incredible
0: so um yeah it's it's a uh, it's it's intense And I think, too, like it it sounds like one thing I was thinking about, too, is like I feel like a lot of the the interviews that I do are oftentimes like with musicians or sometimes like builders, like small builders Mm. in the industry or people who are doing some of the admin stuff that I feel like some of the folks that you're talking to are oftentimes in kind of like the admin space, either doing like operations or like uh, marketing or, you know, running a company, for example, you know, like I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the space where a lot of the folks are in and I think about how gender functions in that space versus in other places in music products like whether it's like building or like technical or production space I don't know do you have thoughts about that I'm just kind of riffing on this but like (laughs) oh yeah how how that works I don't know oh it's fascinating
2: do you have any thoughts immediately Natalie well I I just think that because in, another in ones I've worked on um, podcast wise, I work on one for Karen Dunn, who's an event events producer in the pro audio space right now, and so it's interesting mm-hmm. seeing the difference between, say, how gender has affected and and the conversations going on mostly in like the pro audio space. It's fascinating right. because there are one a lot of organizations already tackling this, but um, seeing who it was almost people that were, I don't even know, but it, seeing seeing the people that were able to to get through earlier. It is pretty varied, but I think at some level it's, I don't know that it must have been the healthiest situations that they were getting through in, but like there are a handful of like, another it's a handful of course, but, and there's still such a small amount of female engineers and producers out there, but the ones that made it through reflect back and think that as long as they were doing a good enough job, but didn't present too sexy. So that's a whole conversation that is <laughs> oh happening boy, though. That thing. is, yep. it's fascinating to hear like the, the, the generation that has. You know, established and had to survive that way versus one coming in now that refuses to change who they are to fit into a working environment. Like those are mm. the conversations that need to be ha- being have and they are being had. Yeah. Thank goodness. But it's fascinating to listen in on that. So, all that to say, it it, it reacts, it, it it interacts so so differently depending on whether you're kind of like getting your hands in the building or the work or the craft versus on the mm-hmm. admin side. And I almost feel like I can speak to it less on the admin side now, from all of mm-hmm. the work I've been doing in that. But it's it, it has been fascinating to see it kind of unwrap or unravel how gender has interacted with with that space in studios and, and and I don't know as much about building, but I imagine I know like the the crossovers of the studio and like the pro audio builders that way. Yeah, I imagine yep. it's probably a similar kind of experience there but natalie do you have any thoughts on like the admin business side that you've seen
1: it varies you know and i think it also varies between like genres too. like the classical music world is very different Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the rock and roll the rock pop industry (laughs) whatever jazz very different from yep other aspects of the industry. And I'm losing my train of thought. I don't
2: <laughs> but no, but and I'll just to, to maybe help you find your way back to it. I always find that interesting too because on by day I kind of work more in the recording side of it mm-hmm. in both studio but also in the business side of it. And the more visible entertainment side of the industry almost seems to be a few steps ahead of the business side of the music products industry in terms of I don't know, just the amount of women that are in it. And so I don't know whether it's just like a desirable field and people know that they, it's more visible. It's a lot more visible. There's also a little more accountability because it's very visible, I think. But also I think that's part of why we need to do this is to be like, Hey, you could have a career building. You could like people that don't already see that don't know that that's possible. And so I think they just see something on TV and are like, Oh, I could do this. I could work in this. Like, it's a lot more easy to know you can do that. So, but, but within the music industry and within genres within it too, Natalie, I'm so interested how that is with the, the, uh, like product side of instruments in those Mm -hmm. genres. Like, does that bleed Mm -hmm. into the business part of it, what
1: you're providing for? Well, I just remembered one of my thoughts. Cool. On like going back to the admin side of it really quickly, when, Women of Nam first established itself like in 2018. I'm pretty sure the statistic that was given was that it, like C-suite executive level employees in the music products industry was like three percent female, yeah. and that's just like soul crushing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah, it's a really hard pill to swallow, but it's important to yep. note. And I can't i I don't know if that number has changed, but um I don't really think it has, but it's important like you you have to also like look at the makeup of other companies like within the the industry like yeah, what does what does their c-suite look like? What does their board look like? do they have a diverse group of people? So that's where the challenge, I think on the admin side comes in. Yeah. On the classical music side, I wish I had my colleague with me because she like articulates it like so beautifully. But on the genre side, I had this one conversation with someone on the podcast about how getting like girls or female identifying young children to pick up an instrument, specifically the drums, like it's how you have the, it's like, it comes from the access. I'm not articulating this in the most graceful way. But if you look at like, let's say the flute, for example, I think this is a great example. You look at the flute, like that's primarily like stereotypically that is a female instrument. So if a boy wants to pick up the flute, like they're going to be like, can I do that? Like it's just that Mm -hmm. level of acceptance Mm -hmm. of like, no, you can play whatever instrument you want. There is no barrier for you for a girl to pick up a pair of drumsticks, or for a boy to pick up a flute, like, yep, and there shouldn't be. But we've been conditioned to have those thoughts in our heads, so I think that's where the discrepancy yeah. comes. So it's from. like,
0: yeah, undoing the the stereotypes or the stigma associated yeah. with those instruments. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. it's given with, it, or
0: with using an instrument that isn't in line with the with your gender. Yeah, yeah, it's given giving the yeah. permission hmm Yeah.
1: For all to like yeah. play whatever instrument they want. Yeah. I hope I answered your, quest- your question. My brain was like,
0: I don't know. It's just,
1: <laughs> it's huge too. It's so
0: It's a huge. big, yeah. Well, it's funny because it's, I feel like it, it shows up a lot of different ways because I think the the C-suite thing is very real. But then I think that there is still this situation where it's like, well, women can do these like, you know, sort of administrative mm. roles sometimes but only you know the glass ceiling or whatever yeah that's a very real thing and then in some spaces so i mean i i spend a lot of time in sort of the space that is like around like pretty rock oriented space which is also oftentimes about like built you know like pedal builders and pedal companies and some guitar and amp stuff and i see this thing where it's like the builders get put up on this like pedestal because they're the creator, they're like the creative genius, kind of like mm. if you're thinking about like a tech company, they're like the person who created the product and they're, you know, does that make sense? Whereas like, like the visionary, in, mm-hmm. the visionary. Yeah. And anybody who's doing the administrative stuff is then like not like they're not seen as their work isn't seen as like special or valued in the same way. Interesting. And, and then you see that like, oftentimes there's more women in those roles, Mm. (laughs) you know, so it's like this overlap of like technical ability because all of the reasons why women aren't in STEM or whatever, that they don't end up building or getting into woodworking or whatever it is that requires that technical detail, but they might know how to like do a spreadsheet or, you know, like (laughs) manage a company, you know, like, I don't know. It's just a funny dynamic that I see show up, Mm. but I think that at, and those are more like smaller companies, I think. But then when you get to like the more corporate larger companies, it shows up slightly differently and it morphs a little bit to, to, to your point where it's like, there's, there might be more women in management, but not at the higher, higher level.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and I wonder how much of that too, like, this is so fascinating to me because you think like, what is the historical context of a lot of these, like, cause it's, we're talking about music products, like these traits yeah. of being luthiers of doing that. I feel like there is so this industry and the making of these instruments and these old, old companies that have been around forever doing this. There is so much historical sociological context that goes into who is doing these trades be. And and that's a little bit how I feel about like where, where this generation coming in of being trained very much for business. Like I know exactly what I could do in music business, but I feel like I should have from the very beginning been pursuing a creative track. So I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that like my business skills will help me because you need to also be an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. to live as a creative, but I think it's something like that, that I wonder if it is, we're getting so much more also access because it's just easier to wrap our heads around for whatever reason that like, Oh, she could do admin work. She could do business work when there's things like building or like being an artist, being an engineer that are less easy to wrap your head around. And so there's just still that not whether it's for representation or access or whatever, like there's, there's more that's trickling out from that epicenter of like business is like a thing that you can do. Yeah. So watching yep. that evolve is, that's
0: such an interesting yeah. thought. I'm so glad you it's said like that. It's like a both and kind of, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like you can do this business stuff. You're still going to have a, maybe like a, you're going to bump up against all of the same stuff, but the way that you bump up against it is going to be slightly different. Totally. Dependent, you know, yeah, it's
1: interesting. I think it also goes back <laughs> to the fact, fascinating. Yeah. I think it also goes back to the fact too, that Women wear a lot of hats all the time, like, Mm -hmm. we wear so many different hats that it's easy for that to like filter into your work life, too. Mm -hmm.
0: Where you're like the comfortability with that, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think, especially if it's a smaller company, too, Mm -hmm. where it's just like, well, we only have like whatever four employees or you know, 10 employees, and so, like, well. You know, <laughs> we all have to do a little bit of everything and you're really good at that, you know, and I don't know whether that's what's happening all the time, but it seems like it could be part of it.
2: Definitely.
0: Know? So hence yeah. the lessons in no. <laughs> <laughs> here, here. <laughs> all right. I have just a couple more questions. I guess the, I think one that we haven't really gotten into yet is just like your own personal experiences with your, like, and gender and how those things sort of interact with each other? Have, have you had particularly good or bad experiences with gear proper or it could be buying, it could be recording, it could be live? How's, how's that showed up for you?
1: I go back to this one example and it's not gear related, but I think it's still, I think it's still very relevant. I will always tell mm-hmm. this story because I like, I don't, I, I still can't wrap my head around interaction that I had. I was looking for a job and I decided to reach out to one of those recruiting companies just to see if like someone would help me or whatever. And I had a conversation with a recruiter who apparently worked in the sports industry or he wanted to work in the sports industry. Like that was his dream was to work in the sports industry. And I said that my dream was to work in the music industry. And we were going on and on and on about like what, like my hopes and dreams and like what I'd like to do and blah, blah, my Mm -hmm. strengths and weaknesses. And he was like, Well, if you ever give up on your dream, you can always just give me a call and we can like find a job for you or something. <laughs> just like he did. Cause he can get into the sports industry. And I like sat there and I was like, Are you really telling like an eight uh, wow, not I did not graduate college when I was eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> twenty one, maybe? Yeah. You're telling a twenty two year old that who is just starting out their career. That they should give up on if they ever give up on their dream to give you a call. Do you tell that to everyone? Like I don't like I just (laughs) I tell this all the time because I just cannot believe that a man would say that to someone just nonchalantly and not have any repercussions. I got (laughs) off that call, I was so angry. I was so angry because i was wow. already really I, passionate about being a, a woman in the industry and wanting to get my foot in the door but yeah that's oh just yeah that's something that ugh, that's wild
0: <laughs> it's like he's like looking at his watch you're like well uh, it's about time <laughs> when your dream dies give me a call uh jeez <laughs> yeah
1: and then the only other thing like that might be gear related like i if I've I've walked into a music like music store a couple of times and I'm questioned about my knowledge and I'm just like mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about like what do you want me to do like come in with like the whole catalog memorized to prove to you that I know what I'm talking about so, sometimes I have to be a little stern and just be like come on <laughs> don't waste my time here I know what I'm talking about I know what I'm looking for Mm -hmm. so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah those are my experience i don't know if steph do you have any gear specific
2: ones yeah i feel like it's been both like really good and a little bit of that where you're i don't know i feel like for me it's it's shown up more in that i i've felt really awkward asking about what i don't know because i don't want to be seen as like dumb that's a huge thing but like being afraid to even ask and so i've just kind of throughout most of my, like your experience either taken what's been given to me and like made it work. As I was just saying, I called my boss and was like, tell me what I should do. Um, which that worked out well, 90% of it because I love it. The caveat of that is I haven't figured out how to use that preamp that I bought because it's very mm. confusing and I haven't. told
0: <laughs> So you don't have that, to like, ask anybody because exactly. you don't want to confirm the stereotype that you don't know what you're doing.
2: And that was out of my skill level when I bought it, but I was like, no, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I'll just figure it out. All of that has been, I'll just figure it out. And so I think that for better or for worse, I think that there is that level that, um, yeah, not wanting to confirm that, but I think I've been lucky some of the year I've just, you know, and like, okay, has I, I, yeah, I think that there needs to be more of like, so, and that it's worked out well and that some of it's been great, but I think that there, that's where it's shown up for me as the interesting way of like, that, that there needs to be, or I I know that I've had to learn how to ask for help and not, and either just accept that I'll be looked at as confirming a stereotype or just try to formulate it in the most intelligent way I can to be like, I know about this yet how does this work? What does this knob do? Yeah. Like I know in theory what this should do, but like, how do I work it? I think, and that is, it's all education, but. Well, I
0: feel like that's where people get into the thing where it's like, you have to drop a bit of knowledge so you can like uh, let them know your knowledge level and be like, I have this condenser mic and, um, it's kind of blah, 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 pattern and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I've been worried about, so like, you have to like, Almost like lead a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate, but here okay. we go. If it helps me figure out how to work that preamp, that's a
2: good piece of advice. <laughs> so there we go. That'll help me have not spent money in vain. It's, it's a paperweight there right now.
0: So that's mm-hmm. so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in you. You can do it. Thank you. <laughs> 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 All right. So if you are talking to someone else in the industry right now, you are. By the way, but like <laughs> someone that's you know not me uh, and not maybe our listeners, like some random person came to you from another company and they're like, "Hey, we want to make the you know industry better. What's your recommendation for how we can do that?" Join women. What should we NAM. do? As, what should we do as a company? Yes. Well, what sh- what should we do as a company? Oh, you were going down that road. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I should have been more specific.
1: <laughs> that that's too. Great but... question. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to have the uncomfortable conversations. If you don't get uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. then change can't happen. But, like, set it up in a way that you're able to have those uncomfortable conversations. It's like a judgment-free zone or something like that. Like, that's easier easier said than done, but if people are not willing to show the interest of wanting to do the work and make the change, that's like a roadblock that you have to kind of overcome. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then make the change. I think that's like a two-step process. Yeah. It's like build the trust that one you will listen, whether it's through a listening session or just having those conversations and yet then also ex- articulate and do a plan of action, depending on what you don't didn't know. You didn't know before you had those conversations. Yeah. Um, but also just, like, uplift everybody. Like, I think that's from, like, an individual level. It's just, like, n- someone getting ahead doesn't mean that you are not getting ahead. Like, mm. having the, the best way to say no to something is to offer a friend that does it also well and say, sorry, here's – but here's my friend, blah, blah, blah. So I think that on a on the business level, it's that two-part thing of have those conversations and yet be prepared to act on at least some of it to prove that you are serious and then two. Don't be afraid to lift up your fellow people. It's not scarcity. We like don't that. need to think scarcity mindset yeah. anymore. And that's what we, that's what I think the first levels of anybody who's been able to muscle into anything has to operate on a scarcity mindset. Cause there's only one seat at the table for a woman and it's going to be you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And now in theory, it doesn't need to only be that one seat, but changing that mind in the minds of all genders is really important.
1: I think. Yep. Don't tokenize. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a word? word. Like I know tokenism is a word, but I didn't know if it's okay.
0: Definitely. Yes. And yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. So it's like, you want to have the people there. You don't want them to feel like they're only there because of who they are, like that they should be there because they are providing a very specific value as well. Yeah. All of those things. (laughs) This is all great. So what is, what are you psyched about right now? Like, what are you psyched about coming up that you want to tell people about? And then like, how can folks stay in contact with you?
1: Well we mentioned the podcast the live recording at the pod, of the podcast at the nam show and the women of nam reception ooh, at the nam show but yes <laughs> follow to stay up to date like on all things women of nam and the podcast and whatnot follow us on instagram and facebook and linkedin just type in women of nam and then you can find the podcast on all major streaming platforms revoicing the future and we put out episodes once a month Just very exciting, and if you want to stay in contact with Steph and I individually, you can find us also on social media. My Instagram handle is at Nat Maury and Steph. Yours? I am Lucky Lamont. Yeah,
0: cool. And I would offer
2: like an invitation if this sounds cool and you like what Women of Nam is doing as a concept and have an idea or want to get more involved. Like, please get involved because it's. As we said, it's so we were able to just like conceptualize this podcast and do it. Like it's a very nimble stage of this, and so if you want to be part of it, and you want and you have a great idea to help make a difference, like we welcome all that. Like the more boats will rise together. Yeah, and kind of.
1: We the Women of Nam also hosts like various like leadership summit opportunities as well. So if mm-hmm. you just stay in the know, if you you could go to the Nam website www.nam.org slash women dash of dash nam.
2: Nice. Wow.
0: Yeah, that and was and really there's good. Like,
1: <laughs> there's deep dive events. You can network
2: online. There's just a lot of ways to, it, it's just trying to build what is in the place throughout most of the other music industry for music products. Yeah.
1: And if but, you come to um, the Nam show, yeah. come find us.
2: Please, yeah. Please find us on LinkedIn and Instagram. Mostly for me, just like what's all the more we know each other too. We can help, as I said, help each other get when there's new opportunities. It's just all about building that community for women and everybody, honestly, but women need a little bit more help sometimes. And I am putting an album out on Friday. So if you feel like listening to it, that's what I'm excited about right now. Yeah, Find me on socials and you'll find it, but also www.luckylemon.com. Yeah, and in part of that, I'm excited to learn about more of the world of artist and music products crossover because there's so much there oh, that we haven't really yeah. talked about a lot in terms of like the what is it called when you're signed to something or you're like you're, you're someone's endorsed, um, endorsed
1: Yeah, endorsement. Yes. That is a whole yes. layer
0: of the industry we that's have not gotten into other a conversation. So oh my goodness, we could talk we're about We're going to get then. into all it. Right. That's another hour anyway. and a half. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, that's and and just yeah, find us, let's be friends. Everybody should we shall be friends.
0: Yay. Woo! <laughs> all right. Cool. Thank you all so much. This is really fun. Thank you for Thank having you. us. We Thank had so much you. fun. What a great Yay. conversation.
2: This is amazing. <laughs>
0: Good times talking with Natalie and Stephanie. And if you want to keep listening to us talk, because obviously you do, uh, (laughs) I was a guest on their podcast a few months back as well. And you can find links to their podcast and everything they mentioned in the show notes. So this week, I am sharing a bit about the creation of the Diversity in Music Gear resource list that I recently compiled. And every month or so, someone I would find would reach out to me and ask something like this. So I run a company and I want, you know, depending on their role, uh, to feature more folks in my demos who are not cis white men, or I want to carry their pedals, or I want to purchase from their companies. Do you have a list of folks you can share? And, you know, I did have a very informal list um, and I would maybe rattle off a few names, but that (laughs) didn't feel useful for a variety of reasons. A, because I had to keep doing it, but B, because, uh, you know, I had to, you know, had this very informal list and other people could be seeing it, right? Like it's just, if it's just me and this other person, I was like, well, if I have all these people, maybe this is useful to other people as well. So I uh, created the list and it ended up being kind of broken down into the following categories for this first iteration. So we had effects pedals, luthiers, guitar service uh, and guitar companies, amplifiers, amp services, demo artists, retailers, parts and accessories, podcasts and media, and organizations, advocacy and support. So there are resources here for individual musicians or retailers wanting to support companies first. There's also resources for companies wanting to hire demo artists, right? And I also included a section on organizations and advocacy because there are so many folks who do great work on these, these issues. There really is a wealth of information uh, about uh, you know this topic and so many great folks trying to make change to create a more diverse and inclusive music industry. They're great places for both individuals and companies to support too. So if you're looking for a partnership, you're looking for someone to donate to, check that out for sure. In compiling the list... Uh, instead of working mostly off the top of my head like I normally do, I decided to scour the folks I follow on Instagram, which if you've ever done, when you follow more than a thousand people can be a bit of a challenge. Uh, (laughs) If you don't see their name, uh, you know, if if I didn't see their name and know automatically the demographic of the folks involved, it also could require some research. So I would look at the list and if there was, you know, for example, a company I didn't know, I'd look at their Instagram feed for signs of the identity of the people involved. And if none showed up after a few scrolls, or if they didn't specifically list it in their bio, I would have to move on. Now, of course, I don't know exactly based on this if I don't know the people directly their identities, but you know, I would go based on what what they stated. Sometimes I would go to the about page on their website if I needed more information and that would be useful too. Because Instagram is sometimes finicky, I didn't get through my whole list. So I know there are holes. And of course, there's no way I'm going to, you know, (laughs) I'm following everyone who should be included in the list anyway. That's just not possible because, uh, you know, I'm a guitarist and bassist mostly. I also know that my feed is particularly full of folks affiliated with those instruments and lower in folks affiliated with, say, like drums or synths or something like that. And knowing this is an issue, I also added a Google form where folks can contribute their own ideas uh, for other people to include, whether it's themselves or someone else. So this is a living list, which I will update as new ideas come in. The list currently has nearly 150 companies and organizations included so far, and I hope that you take a look and share your ideas as well. As always, there is a link to the list in the show notes if you want to check out or contribute yourself. And please share with others so more folks are supporting these companies as well. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please write and review on Apple Podcasts. Share that with others so more folks can hear it. Thanks for listening.